Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with a decade of experience working for healthcare, retail, consumer goods, and tech industries. I'm so excited to welcome Donna Gregorio, a veteran of corporate IT project management, published author, college grad school instructor, and well-respected conference speaker. Donna, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Anne. It's a pleasure to be here. Big fan of the podcast. Thanks for all the work you do in advancing our project management careers and always have some great nuggets uh, to learn from your podcast. So thanks so much for having me today. Of course. And I'm excited to have you on to learn from you because uh, from what I understand, Donna, being a published author, you are somebody who actually took advantage of the pandemic in terms of being able to write and publish a book called The Successful Project Manager, Practical Guidance from Lessons Learned during this entire time that we've been in this pandemic. So tell me a little bit about that process. Yeah, so uh, that's a great question, Anne. Thanks. I, uh, I did write this book during COVID. It was my creative outlet during the times when I wasn't working and uh, unable to go out anywhere. And um, I started it right before the pandemic. I had an idea that it would be a great thing to give back to the IT and project management community by telling my stories. And I had been a college uh, graduate school instructor, as you mentioned. And I always found that my students' interest really peaked when I told my stories, when Mm -hmm. I, I actually described challenges that I was facing as a project manager and how I use tools, these tools that we were learning in the, in the classroom environment, when I explained how I use them and how they helped me and how if I hadn't used them, I would have had these dramatic problems happen to me, like my project might've been canceled or my project was being delayed or um, I wasn't getting what I needed from my stakeholders. So when I, when I actually told those stories, my students were the most interested and I thought, well, why don't I write them down and uh, really, really document all of this in, in a book that that I could I could share with others. So that's really was my my COVID uh, mm-hmm. project, and it took a lot longer than I thought. I think the key issue for me was really focusing the message that I wanted to sure. convey. Um, the project management uh, genre, as you know, is so full of things to learn about. There are so many tools and so many processes. There's agile, there's waterfall, mm-hmm. there's there's soft skills. There's so much to talk about. There's decision-making, there's reporting techniques and, and schedules and budgets and, and uh, workflows. And there's so much involved. Uh, how could I focus my message? What was my message? That was really the toughest part of writing it. And then there was red tape and how to get it into to Amazon and what's involved there. I could do a whole podcast on <laughs> what it's like to publish a book. Yeah, um, I, I imagine it's not easy. I actually, it's not easy. I, right, I commend you right. for for getting it done in the time frame that you did. I I've heard of authors, you know, spending many many years trying to collate their thoughts and get everything together. But I think you bring up a good point about the industry overall and and the way and the fact that you're able to provide a concise statement to project managers about how you can be successful, uh, taking the complex, sharing your real life experiences 
letting others hear kind of what you've had to go through, the lessons you've learned, the trial and error, what you've done well, what you haven't done well. All of that is so practical. And I love the title of your book, by the way. It's so practical, right? That project managers are thirsty for this practical guidance and all of that based on your lessons learned. So I, I again, I think it's such a great idea and one that I'm happy that you were able to execute during the pandemic. Was there a particular moment in time that you said, I have to write this book. Here's my epiphany. This book is important to the project management community. Yes, absolutely. So uh, I am a department head of about 35 um, IT project managers and business analysts and data analysts. And what I found over my um, three plus decades of experience in this field is that a lot of people like to think that they know how to manage a project, especially the technical engineers who have been mm -hmm. trained in network engineering, or right. um, they're really, really smart when it comes to aeronautics or military expertise, radar, or uh, healthcare. Those, those are all the domains that my company uh, works in um, and many and some others. But uh, a lot of these people don't know the first thing about project management. And uh, they think that if they can just schedule meetings and take notes yeah. and put together a schedule that people can look at and maybe send an email or two to the stakeholders that they're doing uh, the job of a project manager. And that's so not what, what it is, as you <laughs> I'm know. I'm grinning. Um, you can see me grinning because yeah, I, I, right. I, I'm agreeing with you here. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So, so we, and I, and in fact, I did have some, what I would consider project coordinators who were really just doing that, uh, really right. doing the bare minimum. So we I, I came in and transformed the organization from a set of project coordinators to a set of real project managers. And, and there was an incident that happened. Uh, there, were, uh, there, were, there was a project management office stood up outside of my organization, about six project managers. They were um, on the project for six months they were in, intended to be an umbrella organization for a set of projects that were taking place. And uh, uh, when the budgeting came along and there was overspending and it was time to cut people, um, there was a decision made to cut all of those project managers. And I, 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 this, I, I write about the story in the book. The interesting part about that is they started out being um, driving the projects and, and partnering with, with each of the project members and defining metrics and, and helping the projects make progress. But as the time went on, they ended up just really being reporters and, and basically just reporting status mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. um, executive stakeholders. Right. That's all they did. And they, they, they reached out and they asked for updates. They kept the Microsoft project schedule and there were six of them, and that's really all they did. And right. uh, um, that wasn't adequate. That wasn't good enough. They weren't. They were replaceable. They weren't relevant. Mm -hmm. um, you need to really, as a project manager, you need to be irreplaceable. You need to be the person on the project that right. knows what's going on. Not maybe not to the depth of everyone, but you need to at least understand who's working on what, what the schedule is. You need to know what your work breakdown structure is. You need to know who's involved. There's so much you need to be aware of. And if you don't have that knowledge and you're not as involved as you are and really driving the project forward, then that's when you become 
replaceable and not someone who's significant to the project success. So that's really what my message is in the book. And that's uh, every example tries to tie back to that message. The reason the project is being delayed is because you're not driving the project. The reason the project was canceled is because you forgot to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure you're doing these things to make sure you stay the most important person on the project. You know, you define successful and I'm, I'm doing quotes right now. You define successful project manager so well. I've never heard it defined in that way. And so I appreciate that definition of make sure that you are the most valuable person on the team, that if something happens, people come to you, that if there's an issue that uh, the team can overcome, or there's a question about the parameters of the scope, you are that go-to person. I love that. Don't be replaceable, be irreplaceable. That's fantastic, Donna. Who, you, you talk about it a little bit, you touch on it a little bit, but who is the successful project manager really geared towards? So you, you told us about, you know, the epiphany, you've had uh, uh, teaching at uh, college graduate level, the students, and they loved hearing your stories, but who were you really thinking about when you were writing the book? Yeah, so when, when, uh, when you write a book, you're supposed to, what I've read is you're supposed to have some person in mind and who are you talking to? Because uh, no one really cares about me and my experience. What they care about is how can how can they do better because of what I've taught them. So yes, when yeah. someone picks up a book, it's not they're not interested in reading about my career. They want to read about things, so that I'm going to invest time to read this book to better myself. And so who who is it that I'm really trying to better? And it, it really is from anyone who's trying to improve their project management skills, be it a student or an expert. But I really did try to focus on a particular student that I had in mind who was a real go-getter yeah. and who actually was already a project manager, but it was trying to get his uh, master's degree in project management. Yeah. And so he was taking my class and that is the person that I had in mind for this particular book and really, really suggesting and encouraging and focusing um, the, the conversation around that, that need to, to be a self-starter and to, to know what the next steps are. And if you don't know what the next steps are, look into that arsenal of tools that you have. Mm -hmm. Yes, we learned about 75 of the PMPs tools. Do we really need to know about 75 of them? No, there's probably a half dozen that I use all the time. Um, and that I couldn't, I couldn't live without, I couldn't, I couldn't succeed in a project, um, without these six, six tools. And, um, that's where I really focus my energy. And, uh, in the school that I taught, they actually, they actually laid down the curriculum and made sure that all project managers need to know how to use Microsoft Project, for example. Mm -hmm. That okay. was a key key part of my my class, and and we use it where I work, so that was fine. That's one of my favorite tools, so it, it definitely meshed with what I wanted to teach. One of the other tools they taught was earned value management, which yeah, I don't really use earned value. That's Me not either. one of my favorites. <laughs> I I I understand the value of it, and I taught it, so I know what it is. And I know people use it all the time. I don't use it. So, and I, and I would tell the students that, you know, I don't, this isn't one that I use. You have to learn it because the school wants you to, to know what it is, Good, but yes, it's um, to know that. you know, 
not my not my favorite tool. And mm -hmm. I would put in a tool that, that was not in the curriculum. So sure. I'm a big fan of journey maps, for example, the ability to describe your system from the user's standpoint mm -hmm. and what is the benefit that they will receive, what is the outcome they expect to get, and what is the value of this of this project. We're investing this money to develop this activity. Uh, what's the benefit from the user standpoint? And I, I love that uh, mm -hmm. as a tool. I use it all the time. I actually, um, on the project I'm on right now, we have uh, we have this one big journey map that describes the whole end-to-end -end project. And it's, oh, wow. it's that slide is in everyone's um, presentation deck from the, to the executive level on down to the, uh, to the, uh, the doers, so to speak, and everyone can grasp it because it, it is written from that standpoint. So that's not in my curriculum, but it's in my, it's in my agenda. It's in my yes. syllabus because yeah. it's something I love to use. And I, I think I, I have a passion about things and I, 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 um, I have a confidence that I've used it so many times and I've found it so useful. So I convinced my students this is important for you to understand how to use. Work breakdown structure is another one of those. Mm -hmm. That was in my curriculum, and that is definitely one that I use all the time. Absolutely. I think it was one of my favorites is that work breakdown structure. So I was a big fan of that, and my whole final project was based around work breakdown structure. So, so yeah, I mean, I had that ability in teaching and, you know, when you're a teacher, you get really good at what you're teaching, right? You, you, because you yeah. have to explain it so well. Over and over again. So then when I go back into the office and I'm doing a work breakdown structure, <laughs> I no, that's not how you do it. You do it this, this is how you do it. <laughs> I, I know how to do it because I've taught it so many times. I'm, I'm, so I'm uh, sad that I did not get to take one of Donna's courses. I think you would have oh, been <laughs> such a great teacher. And, and, and that's really what project managers need, right? Is, is somebody to weed through all of the mm -hmm. theory and kind of all of the fluff of the PMBOK and, and the, right. what, what, however many principles you said we learn, but it's right. somebody to kind of wade through that and say, Hey, in my many years of experience doing this role, here are the six things that I actually use day in and day out and tried and true right. have been my go-to tools. So your book, and you, you talked about a lot of them, your book discusses many of these different tools that you have found practical for your own use, right? So schedule, yes, budget, absolutely. journey maps, seeing how the PM industry has evolved, where we have hybrid approaches and you have your tech PMs and non-tech PMs, there's just, it's evolving so much. Is there a tool you would have wanted to introduce into your toolbox that you didn't have a chance to in the first version of your book? Uh, so that I would say the number one, um, I keep saying my favorite, my favorite, my favorite, sorry. <laughs> um, I, and I actually did originally not have this in my book and I added it and that is scope management. So that okay. I've been criticized in the past that um, I'm, I'm really... Uh, uh, I get make it, I have a great relationship with my customers, right? And I work really well with them and, and I want to make them happy. And the bad, the good, that's good, right? The bad side is that um, I, I don't say no very often. Mm -hmm. And so when they say they want this new feature and this new feature, I say, oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the end, I'm suffering because I'm over my schedule, I'm over my budget, and I get in trouble with my management. Right. So I've been criticized for a lot of for a lot of years um, 
is you're too nice uh, mm. to your customers because okay. the, the end result is scope creep. So um, that was originally not in my book, but uh, through one of my edit cycles, I, re I recognized that I needed to put a whole section in about scope management. So those of you who read my book, you'll see that scope section was <laughs> was a <laughs> last minute add-in and uh, talking about the, the ways that you can avoid scope creep. And um, um, it's, it's uh, again, on the project I'm on right now, we're, we're experiencing scope creep in a big way. And uh, it's always a, a frustration, but you need to negotiate that scope creep. Yeah. So if we learn something new and we want to add something new, we need to take something out. It's just like when you buy clothes at the store, right? You buy all these new nice things. You have to take some things out of your closet that you're not wearing, right? Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, which you I know, just reminded me. Do it, I should probably to. be doing that, but yes, you're you're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're Otherwise, right. you run out of space. Yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. You run out of space. You run out of time. Same same concept. It's a great analogy because uh, you just you can only fit so much in the closet. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. same thing with uh, any project that you work on. So scope management and those techniques and how you can avoid scope management. I think negotiation is is the number one area. But another another scope creep uh, prevention mechanism is to really draw that line in the sand. And I don't think we're very good at that as project managers. I'll speak for myself. I'm not really good at that, drawing the line in the sand and saying, this is what we're doing and this is it. We're not, what's out of scope. This is what we're not doing. I don't mm -hmm. think we always are very good about identifying what we're not doing in order to clarify what, what we are doing. Yeah, yeah. And how, how early on would you suggest a project manager have that conversation? Is it at project kickoff or continuous throughout the project when you talk about kind of drawing the line in the sand? Yeah, I think uh, so. In my experience, we have project kickoff and, and everyone has a clue as to what we're doing, but it really is just an initial idea. And I think that you learn more as you go along. So as you're in execution, I think that's when the line has to be drawn. Uh, so I think early in the execution phase, I think project yeah. kickoff is really too soon to right. be able to say, all right, this is it. We're not, <laughs> we're not adding anything else. Sorry. Yeah, it's a bit aggressive. It's, um, it's a bit aggressive because <laughs> you haven't figured, you haven't really figured it out yet. Yes, you have a budget. Yes, you have a schedule. Yes, you have a resource plan. And yes, you have a work breakdown structure, but you still haven't really gotten into the details of the nitty gritty of what's mm -hmm. in what what are the details of that work breakdown structure and I think that's really when uh, the timing is right for that that line of this and we're just drawing it now yeah. on the project that I'm on and we've been on it for like three months what we're now saying okay this this is where it is right so right. Um, I love that you you work full-time in the space you've written a book you teach to college graduate students. It's just so, Donna, your your wealth of knowledge is just so well-rounded in terms of the impact that you're making, not just with the successful project manager practical guidance from lessons learned, but all of the things you're doing outside of having written a book in the pandemic. I just have to keep going back to that because Donna, you wrote a book in the pandemic. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> what impact do you hope? I think you you did touch on this, but what impact do you hope the book will have not only on your readers, but uh, on your career and, and really the future of the project management industry? 
Well, it's a great question, Anne, and I think um, I think we all have a story to tell. And that's really was some of the motivation for writing the book as well. I had a colleague who wrote a book, not about project management. He wrote about something else uh, completely different. But when he published the book um, back in, I think, 2018 or 17, he he had a, a, a session with a bunch of people, including myself, and he said, why would I? Why would you want to write a book? Maybe you would want to write a book. And I would, I would encourage all of your folks in the audience, all of your uh, fans of the pod, to um, really think about it and for yourselves, because we all have a story to tell, and it is relatively straightforward to publish a book. I mean, you don't need a publisher; you can just self-publish your own book on Amazon. Amazing. And uh, I do think that. Um, the impact of, of my book on my career. So I'm starting to uh, branch out in the uh, genre. I've got a couple of conference proposals that are, are, are being accepted right now. So I've got some, now that we're able to maybe go to conferences, yeah, uh, I'm person. doing one virtually soon, but next year there's some scheduled to be in person. Hopefully that will happen. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to do that and to talk about the business. So God knows there's just so much mm -hmm. to know about project management. And I think the problem with it is there's so much to know to really boil it down to, like you said earlier, and what are the six tools? What are the five techniques? What are yeah. the so soft skills you really need? What is it agile versus waterfall? What are, what does a project manager do in, in those scenarios? And what yeah. should be the role and how should it be defined? And what about portfolio management and program management? And we have that going on where I work. And how do you um, do change management within the organization and risk management? All those facets of, of what's involved in running projects. I had a meeting earlier today with someone about um, doing a, a podcast with them about uh, CFOs. Now, you would think a CFO doesn't really... Yeah worry about project management but in fact they're doing projects too um, yes whether it are. be putting in new financial systems and implementing those or whether it be um you know running uh, an activity to to consider buying a company or selling another company selling the company to another company things mm -hmm. like that those are all projects so yeah, we're all translates. project managers in some way absolutely um so yeah it does translate that's for sure yeah. And, and, and thanks for bringing it back to, you know, the fact that yes, we are project managers in our professional and our personal lives. So I imagine that the successful project manager, the, the book you've written is also applicable, whether you hold the title project manager or not. So I definitely right, encourage right. everybody, not just project managers to take a look of, to, to read the book, because even the tools and the things that Donna describes in the book can I'm sure be applied to things that you're doing in your everyday life, whether it's planning a vacation or, or whatever that may be. But definitely, I think it's the, the scope is not a narrow one in terms of the audience for this book. So Donna, do you have any aspirations to write another book or maybe refresh this book in a few years? Because as you said, the industry continues to grow. Things are changing all the time. Uh, what are you thinking in terms of what's next in, in terms of the successful project manager of the book? Well, and I think that um, there's more stories to tell 
every it seems like every week I'm trying I'm I'm <laughs> itemizing a new story. Yeah. And I I have thought about um about com uh, another compilation of stories and another set of of ideas. Uh, the the way that the the book is written it's it's by project phase. So mm -hmm. as you know, you've got this initiation phase where you're planning your project and I tell a story where we've had challenges in that phase and then you're executing the project and I tell a story about where we've had challenges in that phase etc and then even wrapping up the project and, and concluding the project with lessons learned and whatnot and I tell a story about where we've had challenges there mm -hmm. and um, some of them are pretty eye-opening and some of them are not maybe not as eye-opening but I think in all cases they resonate with the audience it's this, imagine the stress that you could be in if you were in this situation. Imagine the decisions you had to make, mm -hmm. and it was all on your shoulders. And and you're running a team. You're executing, and you're all this team is relying on you to tell them what to do next and where what direction to head in, and and how much pressure you're under. Yeah. Imagine that. Like that's the way these stories are written because it's true. <laughs> it's yeah, really yeah. the situation that I'm in, right? I mean, I'm not making any of this up, guys. You know, you all know. <laughs> I mean, again, the pod. I know the audience of the pod all knows that this is what this is what real life is. And it's um, very relatable, absolutely. Right. Depending on the project that you're on, um, you experience it in different degrees, I think, for sure. So I think that for the future of what's the future of the book, I could see uh, sharing the book as much as possible with others, but also um, refreshing it with new stories, new technologies. You mm -hmm. know, we've got cloud, we've got cloud concerns. Now we're trying to translate a lot of what we've got in our data center to the cloud all kinds of issues coming up around that. And that that's the technology, but what about the project that manages that? How do you manage that kind of a project? Is that agile? Is it waterfall? Do you care? Do you use a Kanban board? What are your techniques and how do you make sure everyone's on the same page? And then we've got issues with, um, with vendor vendor products, we've got more and more cloud vendor products and sharing data from one system to the other. There's all kinds of concerns, yes. and I I just see it. AI is becoming bigger and bigger in in my organization, and again, uh, that technology and data, the concerns around data and business process yeah. flows, and and how do you tie all that together? So um, it seems like over the last few years, particularly, we seem to be more strategic. There seems to be more um, enterprise-wide projects that we're working on um, that are of higher and higher priority. And uh, they, they tend to be fraught with more and more decision-making. Yeah. And the one thing I learned from my uh, PMP test was um, when I took it uh, many years ago, um, was make believe your your manager is on vacation and you have to make all the decisions. You know, you can't always check with your boss and say, "What should I do? I'm not sure what I should do. What do you think?" Um, and I'm finding my boss is more and more unavailable, um, yeah. so I have to make those decisions on my own because right. everyone's so busy. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I mean, Donna, you've given us so much practical guidance in just the few minutes that I've had to chat with you today on the Everyday PM podcast, all of them based on lessons learned. Obviously, you're, you're doing this every day, full time, writing books, teaching people, all of the things. So Donna, is there anything else that you wanted to impart in terms of words of wisdom for our audience before we uh, let everyone go today? 
Yeah, I, I think I do uh, have some ideas. Uh, the first idea that I would have is to highly recommend that you buy my, buy my book. Uh, of for And here to hear back from you folks, I'm reachable uh, on LinkedIn, certainly. And I do have a website. So uh, either of those things would be great. But, you know, just to reiterate, make yourself irreplaceable. Uh, people, people need to rely on you for answers. You're the leader. Uh, you're in charge and you're delegating and you're, you're a decision maker and uh, get trained in, in as many tools as you can if you haven't already been trained in, in some of the tools we mentioned, but there's plenty of others. And uh, try to look back at those, uh, that arsenal of tools when you run into a challenge. But you know, at every project phase, you're, you're gonna run into challenges. Uh, what have you done to address those challenges? That's gather your own best practices. I, I actually have mm. a folder on my computer that has samples of schedules I've done business cases, project yeah. charters, uh, lessons learned. I have a I have a sample set of, and I look at them often, I pull them out often. In fact, I pulled one out just this morning oh, nice. for a meeting that I was in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, what are your half dozen tools that you rely on? Well, figure mm -hmm. out what those are and, and try to repeat, repeat them and, and, and evangelize them and make them, make them be uh, something that that you always use in your toolkit and to help make yourself be uh, absolutely irreplaceable on the project. So thank you, Anne, so much for your time today to, uh, to let me be on your podcast. I really do appreciate it. Oh, Donna, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on. I know you are very busy uh, doing all kinds of things, which we've talked about today. Uh, Donna, that will do it for you and I in this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. Everyone, make sure you go get Donna's book. I will make sure there's a link to it. Um, in the posting of this podcast, uh, share it with friends, talk about it, let Donna know what you think about it. Um, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the successful project manager, practical guidance from lessons learned. So Donna, if folks want to continue the conversation about your journey, where can they find you online? Yeah, find me on LinkedIn, Donna Gregorio, um, easy to find. <laughs> and that's my website too, DonnaGregorio.com. Love to hear from you. Fantastic. Thanks you can again, also find, Of course. And you can also find me on LinkedIn as well. I can put you in touch with Donna, obviously, if you are looking for and can't find her. Um, support the Everyday PM podcast by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The Everyday PM is also available on Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, and most podcasting platforms. Thanks so much for joining us on this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. Donna, it's been a pleasure. And to the audience, until next time, Take care.